Welcome to the Women Who Code podcast. If we build one solution that is accessible, it's accessible for some, but it probably is not for all. So it's a like, I think it's the only way to like be able to actually create accessible uh, products or more accessible products for all. It's time for Women Who Code Conversations, a segment to hear from top technology professionals sitting down with a Women Who Code member to discuss real-world experiences in the industry. My name is Eva Panula or Evis Panula, and I'm senior Android developer and accessibility specialist, and I work at Aura. Hello, my name is Carolina Pinto. I'm US experience designer. And I have a cross background in industry and right now working for Candy Crystal. So yeah, I could tell a bit more about myself. And um, as I mentioned, I'm now Android developer, but I actually have a background in web development. So I used to work as a web developer for about six years before I switched to Android development. Other than like being, being a developer, I also love to learn new things and I love to share what I've learned. So I actually speak at, at different events and I've write a blog. So I'm, I'm sharing uh, things in written format as well. I usually uh, write about accessibility and also, well, uh, Android development, other things as well, but like accessibility is the main topic. And um, when I'm not doing something that's related to work, I could say, or, or coding, I actually explore the beautiful nature around where I live. I actually live in Finland, which is something I forgot to mention. And um, yeah, this like nature here, it's just amazing. And uh, I either usually hike or uh, explore the archipelago in uh, by kayak. So that's like, if you ever come to Finland, I highly recommend trying these outdoor activities. And other than that, I'm a disabled person. I have a cognitive disability. I've hit my head a couple of years ago and that has caused, well, some things, mostly about memory and concentration. And other than that, I also um, have problems with animations, but I can tell about that a bit more later. So how about you? Wanna tell more about yourself? Thank you so much for introducing yourself. You are such an interesting background. Um, yeah, so from my side, I start as a graphic designer. I'm from Caracas, Venezuela. And then I moved to Barcelona to study. So I study art direction and then I study research for innovation. And that was the moment when I fell in love with <laughs> user experience. So as a designer, it was really simple for me going in that direction and from the uh, previous studies. Yeah, I have been going through different kind of industry. I started in the banking industry, then I jumped to the tech and now in gaming. So yeah, I, I have been enjoying a lot this journey with a different kind of backgrounds and learning much more and having fun with all these new learnings. More from my side, when I'm not improving experience in digital life i we have something in common i really love nature as well i love horse riding i have to spend much more of time of my life in a in a horse so yeah it's something that i really enjoy so i'm looking forward visiting finland to 
being able to see these beautiful landscapes. Um, one thing more, I'm part of Women Who Code organization. I'm a lead volunteer in the Barcelona network. Yeah, happy to join to the team. Uh, it's such a wonderful experience being able to share with other women um, looking for improved the touch um, paths to be able to um, improve their life. Um, yeah, so much more. That's a little part of myself. Um, yeah, so maybe we can start talking about how you got into web accessibility. Thanks for the intro. It was also super interesting to hear and so cool things. Um, so yeah, I got into web accessibility some years ago. It's like, especially the past about three years, they are like really hard to count. Like they are just a blur. So I'm just going to say a couple of years ago. And um, my first experience with accessibility was when um, at the company where I was working at that time, we had this short introduction to uh, accessibility because, because of uh, the new requirements or, well, not that new, but requirements and the law changed so that like public sector uh, websites and, and well, di digital services needed to be accessible. So we had this like short intro to accessibility. And the instructor on that course, or, or like it was basically two hours, uh, they were blind and um, they were using a screen reader. And, and the, like the, the whole like uh, lecture, it was really interesting. But the thing that I remember the most or, or like the best was when uh, they were demonstrating how they use a screen reader. And they asked for an example site uh, from us. And then somebody said that, okay, uh, try HSL, which is the like Helsinki um, city. I can't remember the name in English, but like the uh, public transportation and, and like the site where you can search for routes and, and buses and, and like how you can basically get from one place to another. And um, they were trying it out. They started navigating on it. They were listening to it. And I just remember their like expression when, when they were so like, what is this? Like, what is this site? Like, I have no idea what's going on here. What, what is it? And that really got to me. And and like that that was the moment when I started that. I want to start learning more about accessibility and, and like what it means and how I can make actually websites that are um, usable for uh, like anybody basically. So like um, if they are or are not using any assistive technologies or, or like uh, other things, that was the moment when I started learning. So yeah. Um, <laughs> I have to admit that before that, I was the person who, who was building websites using HTML, well, I could say wrong. So for example, um, I was building buttons out of divs. And, and if you build a button from a div, then uh, by adding onclick handler, it works for a mouse user, but it doesn't work for keyboard user. It doesn't like the screen, 
screen reader users, they don't even know that there is a button, for instance. And I felt like, okay, yeah, this is fine. Like it works for me, so it works for everyone. But after that instruction or, or like seeing that expression, I decided to start learning more. And, and the first topic I picked up was actually semantic HTML. Yeah, that's, and I'm really ashamed of like how I did before that, but now I'm happy that I, I've been learning a lot about that. So yeah, how about you? How did you get into web accessibility? Such an interesting experience there that you could uh, think back in the time. But yeah, the important point is that you learn new things and you are able now to do it in the best way. So yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so from my side, I think that the first contact that I have with accessibility and including um, all kinds of users in my job was the really first job that I had after finishing my studies in uh, research for innovation. I remember I worked for a um, company that uh, it was uh, much more related with healthcare. Um, this company uh, was in charge to develop technologic solution for a specific kind of user uh, with some kind of disability or maybe uh, a lot of users in elderly ages. So yeah, it was pretty interesting, like trying to improve their daily lives. And in that moment, I was like more conscious and I learned a lot of things about how we can improve the, the daily life of these people, make it feel more comfortable in their own house. So this is something really important. So to improve the quality of life, um, the self-awareness about how, what can you do by yourself and recover the independency. So it was a, such a great experience to, for experience, um, to experiment new things, try some kind of tests with the users. I think it was the point on inflection from my side to start thinking about browser and be able to include all kinds of uh, users in my daily work. So basically this company uh, relates directly with teleassistance and telemonitorization and was interesting going on some kind of data, how to improve the hardware, for example, how we can create new kind of devices so they can go through the house and being able to, for example, they have some situation they could call to emergency or maybe not they are ashamed about needed to call to emergency. So that was a point where maybe you can talk with uh, someone from the company or some kind of a close familiar or friend that can give you that extra a point of help to this kind of user. So yeah, that was my introduction to accessibility. And I think everybody have different way to going into this topic, but at the, at the end is so much interesting and you're helping other people. So it's difficult to go outside from the topic after you're in. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> That's definitely something like <laughs> once you, get into, into uh, web accessibility, it's usually just going deeper and deeper and deeper. <laughs> so, yeah. And I think like, well, that's been like wonderful to learn more, but then like, at least I've felt that like right now after years of learning about these topics and, and I feel like I know just enough to know that how little I know. Do you have that feeling? 
Yeah, when you start learning, the moment that you know that you don't know anything is the moment that you are starting learning in the reality. Yep. <laughs> but it's also great to, like, when I have like um, discussions with my colleagues and friends uh, to see that I actually know like a lot already. So, like, nice. e- even though, like, the feeling for myself is that uh, I don't know anything. Basically. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. So yeah, so maybe we can talk a little bit about I consider physical and other disability disabilities, thinking about your experience. Have you been in this situation where you can relate some kind of experience to accessibility around this? Yeah, I think like one thing uh, that's related to these themes and, and my work has been like the understanding of of like how um, different types of disabilities there are and um, how like different considerations there are. I'm actually right now writing my master's thesis. I'm like, one, one hobby I didn't mention is that I'm collecting master's degrees. I'm, I'm right now studying my second master's degree and, and that will not be the last oh one. Oh my God, that's impressive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I love learning new things. <laughs> but yeah, I'm writing my master's thesis and, and the topic is actually like um, Android developers and accessibility and how to like increased uh, knowledge and, and how, how to make it easier for them, for us to develop more accessible apps. And um, I'm like, I've been going deep into the theory and yeah. So I've been writing about Android developers and, and challenges on like accessibility and, and why like, um, wh- why Android apps are not so accessible in general. and one challenge is that um, accessibility is often about screen reader accessibility and it's really important topic it's it, it indeed is but um usually like there are often like well for example cognitive disabilities or um physical di- disabilities that are re- not related to for example sight are not that often considered because it's usually about um, screen reader accessibility. So I think like that's something that I've been thinking about a lot and how to actually think about, for example, keyboard accessibility, like how to make websites and apps possible to use with keyboard and also uh, with, well, switch devices, another type of uh, device for, for like, like in sort of like input method for when when in the mobile world. So these things are super interesting. And also from like cognitive accessibility perspective, because actually cognitive accessibilities or like cognitive disabilities are actually the biggest group of disabilities out there. And and they consist of, for example, um, like things like autism, ADHD, but also like brain injuries can cause different things. That's that, that's me, for example, and um, other such things. And also like in some considerations, it's also about like mental health, uh, but some like 
categorizations actually define mental health as a like separate topic anyway um thinking about those like how how to make apps and and websites more accessible for for people with cognitive disabilities that that's like super interesting topic and and there are so many considerations so yeah i think like i, I could be just speaking about this and, and going on with this but i'm i'm now going to ask like uh, what are your um experiences and and how have you like felt the um like the differences of different disabilities and and like access needs yeah so absolutely like trying to address all kind of accessibility could be a hard challenge because it's so much different kinds being able to include everybody in the same solution is so much too difficult so at the end personalizations could really work in addressing special needs i'm thinking about banking because much more experience is there um for many people with disabilities, it's usually that they could have a lot of financial insecurity, and it's pretty important to be able to give an experience that can exceed and they with their limitations. So at the end, it's, it's a right for being able to manage our own money the way that we could understand and being able to address uh, what we need in the specific moment that we needed. So thinking about banking is pretty complex and important so, uh, to be able to uh, develop an, an accessible experience. So for example, for physical um, accessibility, working in a pretty interesting project about improving credit cards that uh, we add like some kind of improvement to the card to be able to be accessible for um, blind people and can be more easy to understand how to use it at the end you can just think that a car is pretty simple but what you need to put it in the ATM machine um, could be tricky depending on your limitations or any kind of physical accessibility as well so maybe the ATM screen is not as well as accessible or thinking about browser like self-service kiosk or video conferences screen so it, it's not really designer for everybody. So it's a pain, but uh, what's interesting working on the improvement on these uh, cards, for example, uh, we add some kind of mark in the card that they could communicate what is the right side of the card to be able to put it in the ATM machines or putting uh, bigger numbers in the card. So when you can uh, put your uh, fingers, you can easily read and it's not as simple and the smaller uh, numbers there. So it's a, a little thing that you can add to products to really improve and change life and make it easy for everybody. Yeah, that's super interesting. Like for somebody who doesn't think when using a credit card, just like, I can see it. I like I, I work with it because like it it's a like there's a good word for that in English, but I can't remember it. But still, like it's so easy to forget that it's not that easy for everybody. Um, yeah, it's like something automatic because we we use it every day and it's so internalized and we know what we are doing in that moment. But yeah, we haven't considered all the situation as well. Yep. Um, you mentioned personalization have you experienced with that and accessibility and how to like like use personalization for for making more accessible products 
Um, thinking money in service design that we was looking for how is the best way in this company that I talked uh, before, the best way to improve service design because some people don't like to have labels uh, because of the disability. So it's difficult to give that service personalized if the user don't want to identify uh, themselves as a person with any specific disability. So we was in, in the test that we was doing and how to improve the experience, we was looking for the best way to improve the way that they could identify themselves because that was the baseline to be able to improve the service, maybe adding some kind of extra service where we can address special needs. So we was working on in a flow where we was changing the way we uh, relate with the user and not uh, trying to put a level much more, uh, we had some kind of forms, we much more broader words and the way we define the specific disability was broader and we, like on a plain text to be able to everybody can understand it, but feel like, okay, I can be related with this kind of disability, but that dot doesn't define me. That, that's not what, that, what I'm, you, um, I am, that doesn't define me. So it's like how, the user would like to be helped more, more than, okay, um, I um, have this kind of disability, so everything is going to be around this uh, topic. I bet that that has made a difference. Like a yeah, real difference. the small things, uh, we think that it's not much more uh, important, but the people that is living with some kind of disability, they live with that every day, every single day. So it's not in our hands remember you where you are or where you are not because of disability. So talking broader and try to not put in labeling in people with disability is pretty important in the experience, I think so. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> I think like personalization is actually like one of the topics that I, well, when, when thinking about accessibility, uh, I think about it a lot like from also from like technical perspective and mm. I think like if we want to build truly accessible products for example it will be all about personalization because like if we build one solution that is accessible it's accessible for some but it probably is not for all so it's a like I think it's the only way to like be able to actually create accessible uh, products or more accessible products for all. So yeah, <laughs> I can say that <laughs> my personal thing is like what I hope that one day I will find from all the apps and, and like services I'm using is this one setting where I can toggle on that I want to see labels with like when there are icons. What mm. so like, um, well, yeah, there's an icon, and then there would be a label that tells what that icon is. So like, because for myself, um, I, I've been fighting this fight in many workplaces and and companies where I've worked, and I've been trying to tell to designers that hey, I don't understand this like UI if you don't give me labels okay I, I will learn it once I use it for a, like long time I'm, I'm like it will take longer time for me than than for an average person to learn what some like uh, <laughs> icons mean if because there are 
like hardly any universal icons actually but like then there is always this um like counter argument that hey like if i add labels to each like every icon then it means there is so much clutter and it makes the the ui really hard to understand and we usually end up somewhere in between but mm. like I would love to have this setting that I can toggle the labels on that I can see them for like, well, the labels for every icon. And then like those who don't need it or for who they, uh, whom that would make like uh, the UI even more like harder to understand then they wouldn't need to use mm. those. So that that's something that I, I really want to hear. And if somebody is listening to this podcast and, and thinking about this, please implement it. I'm, I'm really like asking for that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, I think like personalization is, is like the answer for making more accessible products. And also, as you, you told um, about like not not having labels in in other meaning uh having like more inclusive uh products as well yeah of course so at the end it's on us to to push for adding accessibility to the products that we create right so it could be much more related to the way we work the culture that we have in companies or the corporation so does is that in line with that responsibility what kind of product would you like to address to your users what what are you looking for at the end is much more responsibility for everybody uh, related with product or in the company that can create this awareness so everybody can have up the space to be able to develop the best way to do this product uh, to be accessible yeah i definitely agree and i think like what i've seen in in different uh workplaces if the uh the like the company prioritizes accessibility kind of like from the top then there is always like well well the product is better because there is always more time for for making uh the product or like the app service what whatever more accessible because well the push is coming from the top and not from from like for example from from a single developer or something like that so that's why i i think it's it's definitely like well companies can do so much yeah like adding the accessibility goal as a priority so yeah everybody can be aligned into that direction or maybe it's not really needed a big effort for us to try to push back into hey let's take this feature to to develop because we need much more accessibility or let's try to, I don't know, change something that could be really simple. And for example, as you say, the UI side. Or, so is everybody's aware of what we're doing, um, how to include everybody into, into the solution is much more easy to push back for accessibility inclusion. I definitely agree. By the way, do you have any ideas on, on like how, uh, all technologists could incorporate accessibility into their, or I'm, I'm inclined to say, our work. I think it depends a lot of the product and the kind of industry you are. Sometimes you are forced to, to add it to be able to reach with the law, or maybe not. So it depends a lot. Thinking about banking, 
So it's it's pretty important to be able to accessible. So yeah, basically maybe working with three parties, companies that can help you to uh, address uh, the accessibility to the products pretty useful because sometimes you don't have the team an access a team that is only dedicated to make the product accessible or maybe you don't have an expert in accessibility in your team so designers and developers on the team is working by themselves um don't have all the answers that is the, the the usual thing what happened you're not you don't need to be an, an accessible uh, expert in accessibility but it's important to have like a baseline where you know what we can do we can't and then from there i think that the most more easy solution is trying to be putting in your team someone that can give you that kind of answer or maybe other companies that they are really expert on that so it's the easy way if you don't have it in your team just trying to put someone that can help you um and if it's not because you are looking for improvement only for the product is for legal reasons so that's a really first step to be able to improve in that way and as we say at the beginning if when you are in that inaccessibility topic and you really understand the needs and why we are doing that it's really to continue and trying to develop at yourself whatever you need to do to create an accessible uh, product what about you what what kind of um background you have with with this um, any other kind of experience yeah i think like well in addition to like <laughs> what companies can do but i think like we all can learn more like and and kind of like start somewhere we don't need to build everything accessible right away like it, it's okay to start small in a way and i think like every like um improvement it's like it's better than not doing anything at all so yeah i i, I think like st just starting is the the kind of the key and um i like this progress over perfection thinking so that like well doing some progress that's the like important thing and um i also like think that every role can have some like influence like of course like I, I'm thinking a lot from developers perspective and I'm, I'm thinking about the like technical implementations and stuff like that and that's like that's somewhere where we like we all developers can do something but then like designers have so yeah. much control over well a bit different things than developers and also like um project managers can like um prioritize accessibility more and, and and like require accessibility and then like um i could go on <laughs> with different roles having like uh different impacts so so i think that's that's like it's good to remember that we all can do something and so that we can do something we need to learn like what uh to do in a way what what to do in our roles for example so yeah yeah everybody has something to do related with accessibility from their own roles and at the end the whole corporation so yeah it's 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 a work for everybody yeah that's true and like we all can actually start with we don't need to even go into like the work context to start with accessibility we can 
start by adding like in social media for example we can add uh alt texts for like text alternatives for images or we can use like camel case for hashtags if there are multiple world words so i mean that uh if there are like more than one word each uh first letter is capitalized it's easier to read for like anybody because and it actually like um you can create confusion without using those like capitalizing the first um letters of the words that's what i meant actually and mm. um but also like it, it makes it easier for screen readers to read what's there because then screen readers will know that okay this is a word but yeah so there are also these kind of things that we can start doing on our like daily life even outside the work so that's i think that's a great thing about accessibility we don't need to like well we can start small actually so. yeah it's a work for everybody and you can start uh using and implementing in your daily life as well so it's impressive the power of accessibility um yeah. when you are looking for for example when a job description or do you usually you make some kind of questions or you're looking for something that you can have a better idea what is the culture in the company about accessibility or what are they are looking for about it is something that you worries or when you are there you start looking for how to they usually manage the accessibility uh, point i usually like ask about two things or two themes i usually ask about like what they are doing to like to create the uh, work environment accessible so what they are thinking and and like what procedures they have or or like what um procedure is not the right word here but like uh what kind of things they they have and plans and and everything because that actually tells a lot because like if somebody if the person i'm asking is just starting to think that yeah i think our office is not accessible for somebody who is using a wheelchair then like and and that's all then i know that uh this topic has not been considered much that's luck <laughs> but yeah <laughs> but i've i've discussed with uh some companies that have like lots of different examples how they have like improved accessibility how they have renovated their office to to uh, be physically more accessible how they've considered cognitive accessibility and and other things so that that's been really awesome to hear that like the culture inside the company has been like towards accessibility and the other thing that i i usually keep asking is that how like the companies are considering accessibility in their products or uh if, if it's a consultancy then uh in projects and here again <laughs> there are different answers if i'm talking in finnish the word accessibility is saavutettavuus and okay it's it's understood as sometimes as like is our office located in a way that it's easy to come to the office by different means of transportation so that's like that sort of accessibility and then like if if that's all they say then i'm like okay yeah 
So you don't think about people with disabilities at all, because like in these conversations, it's it's not about like people with disabilities. It's it's about like just arriving to the office from different locations. And um, well, those conversations have been interesting, <laughs> but like then there have been also like uh, really good answers that okay, like we have customers who are like from public sector and the law requires the projects to be accessible and we are uh, ensuring accessibility in these projects in, in these like different ways. So like, again, it's <laughs> there are a variety of different answers there, but these are basically the two things that I, I usually like ask and, and where I'm starting to kind of feel like what's the culture and how they see accessibility. How about you? Do you have some questions? I don't really practice any kind of question, but it's something really important to consider. But I feel like I have been having some kind of grow because in thinking about Latin American context, it's not really usual that you take so much into consideration accessibility in any kind of sense, thinking about products, thinking about physical areas and thinking about office or whatever could include accessibility is like something that we could have it, but it's not a baseline for us at all. So having the opportunity to go there, stay there, and then came here into Europe and see how things work really made you open your eyes and put it in, in the center. So it's more closer to me to be able to understand when accessibility is pretty, pretty needed and it's much more time in every time. <laughs> so at the end, it's like, Taking in consideration that and working with, with accessibility every day make you be more conscious and start worrying about where I'm working, in what kind of culture will I would like to develop my skills, what kind of mates I would like to have around me and to be able to develop together accessibility. It's, a, it's a something that really cares to the product that I'm developing or not. So yeah, it's, it's a good practice what you are doing about asking these kind of things. Well, how about like when building things? I want to just use the word things here, but um, well, different things like apps and and well, basically yeah, digital services. Uh, are there some some things that you kind of like consider first, or or like some well things that you consider? <laughs> yeah, so. Thinking about gaming, for example, we don't have any kind of restriction or law that can give you that lane by to, to put us in a situation that we really need to address for accessibility. But it's a lot of things that we can do as in the industry. We don't really have this kind of law that make us uh, make uh, any kind of uh, solution to be able to to uh, add accessibility, but at the end is 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 a baseline to be able to make the game more fun and accessible for everybody. And it's a lot of things that we can do, starting for putting captions or being able to make some kind of any kind of features that can give you better readability. Or um, I don't know, it's, it's it's many things that you can do. And then at the, in the end, I think gaming industry is pretty far from what we would like to have as an accessible industry because other are priority state, other industries are priority state in accessibility because laws. 
but the gaming industry is like in a place where I could do it, but I, anybody tell me what I need to do or anybody mm, uh, make me do what is uh, needed to do to create accessible product. So yeah, it's like much more for any kind of study that can decide what to do, but it's a lot of things to do. I think it's a, it's, it's a much more effort for, for the studies to be able to create accessible products. What do you think about it? Yeah, I think like when uh, building, especially mobile apps or, or like, I could actually uh, like, Again, there is this word that I'm looking for, comparing, that's the word. When comparing, especially like web and, and like mobile, um, I think like in, in mobile development and, and building mobile apps, accessibility or, or like building more accessible apps, it's easier than on the web because of, of like in the web, like and, and with JavaScript, for example, you can do lots of things. You can do lots of good things, but you can also do lots of bad things. And, and um, there is also like lots of responsibility for a developer. So if I give an example of, of animations, so uh, I mentioned in the beginning that I have problems uh, with animations and, and basically like, if I see certain types of animations, um, like on on digital uh, screens, so so like on a like laptop or or like a external screen, phone screen, anywhere. Um, I start feeling dizzy. I might feel disoriented. I I might start feeling like throwing up, and it's not fun if that happens during a workday. And it usually takes like half an hour for me to recover from such events. So I I can't really like work, for example, during that time, and um. There is actually this um, operating system level setting called reduced motion that I use. And, and if uh, the apps, uh, the websites respect that setting, then I'm fine because there is a version that doesn't include um, animations. And on the web, it's like the developer needs to implement that. They need to know about it. They need to implement that. And then like, it's there, but for mobile, it's actually like respected automatically. Or well, there there are cases at least on Android when it's not respected. But like I'm not gonna go deeper into that one. But like what I really love is that it's like many of these accessibility services and and settings are actually like respected out of the box for at least on Android, I haven't been developing iOS, so I don't know much about that one, but for Android. But then there are things that um, developers need to consider, like, well, adding, for example, text alternatives, they, they are not automatically added for, for images and, and graphical elements, or, or like, of course, um, like uh, captions, cl closed captions for videos, and, and also like, um, setting roles for different elements on screen, checking that it's actually operable with um, physical like keyboard or switch device and, and mm -hmm. other things that need to be kind of considered. But I have to say that I really love how, how like, um, at least on Android, things like work more smoothly and, and I don't need to consider that much. Of course, I need to remember lots of things, but Lots of things work out of the box. So that's a like really nice yeah. thing. 
thinking about what you mentioned about the animations, I remember one time in how animation can affect because it depends a lot of the sensitivity as well. So I remember one time when I was in a Disney park, I was with my couple and I was crazy to go to the attraction about Harry Potter journey. So I was pretty happy making in the queue a lot of hours there. And then uh, like suddenly maybe 10 people before going to the ride, someone told you that is all about big screens where you move through the screens and it could be, you can feel dizzy, maybe it could be confusing, I don't know. And then my couple say, okay, I'm not coming. It's like, what? No, we was like three hours here in the queue. So he have had a previous experience about this kind of, of roller coaster with a screen and make him, him feel really bad, but hardly bad. So at the end, you are not creating an accessible experience or maybe if you are looking for that, please let people know before doing the queue. So, the, but thinking about in general, at the end it's pretty, um, you are excluding a lot of users or maybe you are not really uh, making uh, your user understand what it's the meaning of this. So yeah, it, it's, it's really interesting with animations or this big screen or this kind of experience that maybe you are not aware that you are sensitive to this. Maybe you put yourself in a situation that could be pretty uncomfortable. Thinking about mobiles, um, a digital experience. So um, it's a lot of things that we can do. So from disabling camera scrolling or I don't know, reducing the screen shake or thinking about games, we could even uh, reduce the game speed. So it's, it's it's a lot of things to consider and being able to give the user the agency to be able to control and have the control of the experience is pretty important from my point of view. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> I think we are uh, kind of coming to the uh, end of this discussion. Do you have any any like final tips for creating more accessible products? I think it's a lot of things that we can do to address accessibility. I think that the most important at the end is like think uh, about your user and a broader user, not only what defines your specific user. It's like try to think people first, try to be inclusive in your design that you do and consider the full range of human diversity because at the end we have a lot of different kind of be and understand thing and process information so it's it's really important to be able you can be able to think for your users what about you do you have any kind of tip to improve accessibility yeah i could continue from that one that like uh learn more about um accessibility different like people with different disabilities and I think the best way to do that is to actually listen to and and read and and like well any way that you want to consume these uh stories but like uh, listen to um stories from people with disabilities and and how we actually like mm, well uh, how we use use digital products and and what are kind of the pain points there and, and what are like good things as well. So I think like learning more about people with disabilities and listening to us, that's maybe the the like the final tip I want to give. Maybe like as a 
final final question where can people find you after this and connect with you yeah thanks for asking so basically i'm much more active in linkedin you can uh, find me by my name carolina pinto so i would like to find you there and connect and still talking about accessibility um maybe you can share your networks so people can connect with you as well yeah i'm also on linkedin i'm eva jonna panula and um we will share the link uh on the i think show notes is the right word here and uh you can also find me and and my blog and basically links to anything that i do from my website which is evis.coach so e-e-v-i-s dot c-o-d-e-s all right hey it's been really nice to uh have this conversation with you and talk about accessibility so thank you so much and thank you for listening like anyone who is listening yeah Eva, thank you so much i enjoyed the conversation as well so thanks everybody Thank you for listening to the Women Who Code podcast. To find out more about our mission and the work we do across the tech industry, visit our website, womenwhocode.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Women Who Code. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel with hundreds of hours of free educational videos. Just go to youtube.com backslash women who code. Thanks again for listening. And remember to subscribe, rate and comment.